Well, hello there, Sarah McKenzie here. So this is sort of a bonus episode of the podcast. I told you that in 2019, we would be releasing new episodes every two weeks, and we are. But I got the chance to talk to Douglas Gresham, who is the stepson of the author of the Chronicles of Narnia, C.S. Lewis. And when you get the chance to talk to the stepson of C.S. Lewis, you have to share it with the world, right? And definitely with the Read Aloud Revival world. And I didn't want to make you wait for it. So we just slid this little mini episode in here <laughs> just because we can. So it's a very short episode and I have a little bit to tell you about it. So first of all, it's a short episode because... Douglas and I recorded this conversation the day after Christmas. He's also on the other side of the world. So he, at the time of our conversation, was in Australia, in New South Wales. He also had just come in um, off of a whole bunch of travels and was heading back towards Spain. And so I had to catch him the day after Christmas in a very short window of time. But I did catch him. And we had a great conversation that I'm excited to share with you today. A couple things. Douglas Gresham is the honored guest of the Great Homeschool Conventions in 2019. He will be speaking at the Fort Worth, Texas Homeschool Convention March 7th through 9th. 2019, and also at the Ohio Homeschool Convention in Cincinnati, April 25th through 27th. And you can find out more about those and grab tickets at greathomeschoolconventions.com. I will be there. I am going to all seven of the Great Homeschool Conventions. There is a convention also happening in Greenville, South Carolina, in uh, St. Charles, Missouri, in Ontario, California, Rochester, New York, and in Jacksonville, Florida, and I'll be at all of them speaking. I would love to meet you there. So grab tickets at greathomeschoolconventions.com. I wanted to tell you too, they have some discounts that um, not a whole lot of people know about. So I wanted to make sure you did know about them. First of all, if you're active military, you get into the conference for free, which is pretty awesome. And also if you are in ministry, full-time ministry as a pastor or are married to a pastor. So go to greathomeschoolconventions.com, grab your tickets, totally worth buying tickets. I want to meet you there. I want you to come to my sessions. I want to hug your neck. I want to talk books and kids with you. So come to the conventions. And if you are active military or your family is in the pastoral ministry, then definitely find out about those discounts because you can get into the conference for free. In Read Aloud Revival Premium Membership, we are reading through all the Chronicles of Narnia, doing a deep dive into Narnia right now. So it is very exciting for me to get to have this conversation a little behind the scenes. A little backstory for you. Douglas Gresham's mother was Joy Gresham, and she was an American woman with two sons and moved over to England, ended up in this very romantic love story <laughs> of falling in love with C.S. Lewis and marrying C.S. Lewis when Douglas was about nine. And I just, I mean, imagine this. Imagine being a nine-year-old kid and you walk through the wardrobe for the first time, right? You read through Narnia. And so not only do you get to go to England with your mother and then meet C.S. Lewis, your mother marries him and he becomes your stepfather. And as you'll find out in this conversation, he was quite the stepfather and someone that Douglas looked up to and leaned on and learned a whole lot from all through his life and continues to do so which is a really moving, um, moving thing. So one of the things you'll notice in our conversation is that Douglas calls C.S. Lewis Jack. That is because that is what C.S. Lewis went by. He went by Jack. So when he talks about Jack, he means C.S. Lewis. <laughs> also, he discusses Tolkien, who was, of course, one of C.S. Lewis's closest friends. 
And Douglas refers to him as Tallers because that is what uh, Tolkien's friends called him was Tallers. So if you hear Jack, he's talking about C.S. Lewis. And if you hear Tallers, he's talking about Tolkien. All right. I am not going to make you wait any longer. Here is Douglas Gresham, the stepson of C.S. Lewis. question is about your experience into Narnia. I'm wondering, um, was it read to you? Did you read it on your own? Or do you remember how it felt to first step through the wardrobe yourself? Yeah, I, I, I remember a certain amount about it, but it happened when I was six years old, I think, or thereabouts. So it's not a very detailed memory, but I can remember my mother coming into the room and reading the beginning of The Land, The Witch, and The Wardrobe to me. And I was hooked from there on. I mean, it's only the first page and I was hooked. It's a book that grabs you, and I enjoyed I enjoyed the story enormously. I've been reading Narnia ever since. It might sound strange, but I probably read those each of those books um, at least once a year. And then in my in my work, of course, I, I do an awful lot of work with uh, stage plays and, and so forth that are being made about Narnia and about the various books and so on. And uh, to my joy, I've been often been asked to help with some of them, and uh, I have a great time doing it. And stage plays put on by such people as Trumpets Theatre in Manila, for example, are fabulous. And the Logos Theatre Company in North Carolina, absolutely amazingly good work. And so it's always a great, so it's an honor and a pleasure to be able to help those people with the rehearsals and little bits and pieces, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. The books don't, don't, they never pall on you. You can read them over and over, at least I can, over and over again. And they, are, they still have the same thrills attached to them. And I think that, that's one of the wonderful things about great writing. It works that way. Now, not all of the Narnia books were written before you met C.S. Lewis. Is that right? I suppose they were mostly written before I met him. But I, I think the last battle was written after I met him. Um, so there was just one that I, I hadn't read until after, you know, after I met Jack. But it was an astonishing, astonishing thing that they'd all been written in that period of time anyway, as, as far as I look. I mean, he wrote very quickly. And uh, then the books came out quite, quite one after the other quite fast, I think. Oh, I didn't realize that he was a quick writer. But I guess it makes sense because he has oh. such a canon of writing that you might have to be. And all the letters that he wrote on top of that, right? Yes, it would have taken anybody else two lifetimes to achieve what he achieved in one, I think. <laughs> um, so my next question might be irrelevant then. I was going to ask if he ever read working versions of Narnia to you or ask you for your feedback before he went forward with his story. But No, that never happened, I'm afraid. I wish it had. It would have been fun. I <laughs> yeah. couldn't have improved anything, of course, but it would have been fun for me. <laughs> that would have been fun. Um, did C.S. Lewis ever read aloud to you or tell you bedtime stories, or do you have any memories of that? He didn't tell bedtime stories, um, but he did read aloud to me on a couple of occasions, particularly when he wanted my, my advice, and that word comes in inverted commas, please note. Um, <laughs> he wanted my opinions and wanted to hear what I had to say about what he might have been writing about something. One in particular was a story called The Man Born Blind, um, which I think has since been retitled Light. And I was fascinated by that story, and still am, as a matter of fact. It's not very well known. It's in, it's in books of uh, compilations of his short stories and things. It's only a short story, but it has an immensely powerful message to it, like most of Jack's stuff. Mm -hmm. um, 
But, you know, he read that to me, I think, probably to, to just to try it out on somebody. By that time, I was a teenager. And uh, I enjoyed the story enormously and, and told him it should be published. And I think it, it was published uh, a short while later in some magazine or something. Well, I am so interested in hearing more about his experience of Narnia himself. Did he talk about it at home or was it just sort of something that happened between him and the page? Well, it's an interesting, it's an interesting question because Jack was, well, it was actually, the whole thing started on during a conversation between him and Tolkien, I think, um, in which they both decided that nobody in the 1940s and 50s was writing books that they regarded as being worth children's reading, Hmm. and also books that they wouldn't particularly have wanted to have read themselves as children. So they decided that each of them decided they would write a book which would um, be what they would want to have read when they were kids, you know, the sort of material they would really have looked forward to when they were children. And, of course, Jack came up with The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, eventually. And Tolos came up with The Hobbit, eventually. And the, the rest is history, in a sense. But it, it was fascinating to me that, that what they, they both could do was revert to a kind of childhood mentality, looking at it, though, from outside at the same time as from inside, and write these astonishingly wonderful books which appeal so much to children. Did C.S. Lewis ever speak to you about the first ideas of Narnia, or were that... I- the very first spark that he got or the beginnings of, you know, when he was just starting to play with the ideas that became this chronicle account that we love so much. Um, not, not sort of, not in great depth, but he did say to me that um, he never intended to write a series. He just wrote a book. And then Aslan leapt into the book and dragged all the other stories with him, as it were. So, I mean, the idea that he set out to write a series is it's just not, not true. He set out to write one book, as, it, as did Tolkien at the time. I don't think Tolkien was particularly keen on going on with the entire story of Middle-earth but, um, when he started. But, of course, it, it grew on him as Narnia grew on Jack. And uh, Tolkien, of course, being, being a philologist and, and uh, an expert in language, an expert in mythology, actually, Norse mythology in particular, objected strongly to Jack mixing up the various mythologies all in one book like a soup. You know, you just chuck everything in that you've got left over in the fridge and hope for the best. And Tolles regarded that as what Jack had done with with the various mythologies he he brings to to Narnia and didn't like it, of course, because he was a purist in that area. But uh, everybody else in the world, fortunately, does like Narnia. So, you know, it's kind of interesting that Jack didn't set out to write a series. He set out to write one book to demonstrate what children's books should be like because they couldn't find any children's books that they would actually have wanted to have read when they were children. So they set about writing their own. Um, so Jack did this wonderful work, which was a, a really, I suppose, a demonstration of what a children's book should and could be. Jack himself never forgot what it was like to be a child. Hmm. He always said he wasn't good with children, but he was, he, he was wrong. He was very good with children. Oh. But he, he, he never forgot what it felt like to be a child, what the sorts of things that child's children rather delight in. And they were there for him to put into the books because he still had them within himself. So he understood children very well and he understood what children like to read, like to know and so forth. So a lot of our listeners are wondering if you've read the new biographical novel by Patty Callahan called Becoming Mrs. Lewis, which is a fictional account of the story of your mother and C.S. Lewis falling in love. And they want to know what you think of it. So I'm curious to know what your thoughts are and if it was a fairly accurate portrayal of your mother as you remember her. Well, I have read the book and actually Patty has become a friend. But um, it was sent to me, I think, probably before anybody else ever saw it. 
because she was very concerned with what I might think about it. And I think that's an admirable attitude to take when you're writing about someone whose whose child is still alive, as I am for a while yet, I hope. Um, but and and I found the book to be very very interesting in in several ways. It's not supposed to be a, a, a sort of technical biography of my mother. It's not supposed to be a deep searching look into this, that, or the other thing. It's a novel, and it's a very good one. Um, and I think that Patty actually got it as, as accurate, or more accurately, probably than most of the biographies that have been written and biographical essays that have been written about my mother. I noticed that it's, it's, it's selling quite well, very well, I believe, in the United States, and possibly will will sell very well elsewhere as well. But I think the important thing about it is that while it is a fictional piece, it is extraordinarily accurate in many ways. As we wrap up, is there any one thing that you sort of wish more people knew about C.S. Lewis? You know, Jack was such a huge character in many ways. He, was, he had an enormous sense of humor, and people seem to, to miss that. They don't realize that if you sat at a dining table or in a, uh, you know, in a pub having a beer with him, nobody at the table would be able to stop laughing because he was so funny. He had an enormous sense of humor and was very, very good at telling wonderful jokes. Um, the, the, the repartee that Jack indulged in with his, his colleagues was amazing to listen to. And I, I just wish that I could have sort of had a hidden tape recorder and recorded some of the things I heard at our dining table. <laughs> I mean, even just even, even just amongst the family, he, he was so quick. And my mother was equally quick, by the way. <laughs> there was an occasion once once where, where they, were, they were talking at the dinner table and I was there and having dinner. And my mother had been asking Jack to do something during the day and hadn't, didn't know whether he'd actually done it or not. So she asked him, you know, um, Jack, did you get so-and-so done? I can't remember what it was now, but such and such a thing done. Jack said, of course, my dear. What do you take me for, a fool? And my mother snapped back, no, Jack, I took you for better or worse. <laughs> These were remarkable people. They really were. And, for example, they used to play Scrabble a lot. And people would, would come, and, they, and, and sometimes Jack would invite a friend or someone, to, and they would ask him if they wanted to play Scrabble. If they had any sense at all, they'd say, no, thank you, I'm, I'm thinking of other things. Because Jack and my mother had their own rules. They would take the letter tiles from two Scrabble sets, and one board and play Scrabble using all known languages, factual or fictional. All you had to do was be able to prove that one the word you'd used actually existed in some book somewhere in the house. And people just took and they would fill they would fill the whole board. The, the thing was just full of tiles and nothing else. People would take one look at this and back away and say, No, no, thank you. Um, um, you know, I'll, I'll go and read a book or something <laughs> very wisely. Even even when my mother was was dying, they still had their senses of humour, both of them. I think that's important to know about Jack, that he was enormously humorous, a great man to be with in terms of of conversation and fun. He was a fun guy. Pretty great, right? I'm really glad you joined me today to listen. Since this isn't a normal episode of the podcast, we don't have a Let the Kids Speak portion today. But next week, Episode 121, my new very favorite episode of the podcast, Kate DiCamillo does not disappoint. Meet me back here next week. Make sure you're signed up for our emails because I will not let you forget something so amazing as this next podcast episode. Go to rarbooklist.com. Or if you're on your phone right now and you just think, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget to do that. All you have to do is text the word books to the number 345 three, four, five, and I will send you the book list. And I will also make sure you're on the email list so that you don't miss any future episodes. So that's just, you just send the word books to the number three, four, five, 
888-345-3345. You get our free book list and we'll make sure you get those Tuesday morning emails telling you all the good free resources that will help you make 2019 an amazing year of reading with your kids. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.